0: fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are discover your next adventure on fishing booker
1: you're listening to america's off-road podcast brought to you by off-road power products fueled by enthusiasm a passion for the outdoors and a spirit of adventure we drive the industry we love Welcome, everybody, back to the American Off-Road Podcast. American? Uh, Ameri- it's Americas. Americas. Well, it's all American, too. I apologize. It's, it's an American He's podcast. He's new uh, to this.
2: <laughs> like, you're all looking at him right now.
1: <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Uh, for those of you that are new, you can listen to us on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and itunes my name's kyle i'm here with mr cooper and today we have a new visitor uh we mentioned him briefly in our past podcast mr craig wolka aka radio radio hey everybody radio is uh gosh how long have you been with us now uh a little over two years right on um so he helps us out on the off-road side of things and uh why don't you give us a little intro tell us about yourself where you came from how you got into the industry
3: What you do here. Gotcha. Uh, Born and raised in the Midwest, and I swear this is going somewhere. (laughs) So I had a lot of friends that had a lot of farms and a lot of junk,
0: and and we spent all through
3: high school putting junk together to make crazy, stupid stuff. So that got me really in tune to just working on things, wrenching, and so on and so forth, and just doing all sorts of crap. So fast forward, went through college, uh, got an audio degree, uh, worked with some cool companies, traveled the world, and all of a sudden I ended up in Arizona. Decided, hey, I'm gonna live here. And lived there for, oh, six years. And with all that weird, crazy stuff that I learned back in the Midwest, I found myself doing that to trucks because now we could go out and, you know, you got wide open desert out there. You can do whatever you want. It's kind of no man's land. And that just got me really excited to start wrenching on stuff, and started working for an off-road shop out there. Got my teeth cut on working on really nice vehicles, and at that point, started working a lot with Carly Suspension. And they had an opportunity there. Went over there, worked there for ooh, four years or so. And while working over there, got to know Cooper because you know off-road and diesel, they sell a lot of Carly parts. And uh, came up here. We like quality. Right. (laughs) It's some good stuff. American made, beat it up, know it's going to work. Right. So, and then from there, it brought me up to the Northwest here and been here for two years. And yeah, just a little bit of everything along the way. Which was cool because we
1: kind of knew you before you even, well, at least I personally kind of knew you from dealing with you at Carly. Right. Communicating back and forth with stuff. And then, uh, yeah, right when we launched the OPP site, you kind of came on scene
3: yeah so whenever I got here it's kind of like hit the ground running let's go full bore and all, two years ago off-road was you know, really starting to cut their teeth sweet so just teeth and uh, you guys just launched the new website yep and that's one of the big projects I had working Huge. At, at Carly was Huge working truck. on websites so for me I just jumped right in and started breaking all sorts of stuff and loading up all sorts of product for you guys and uh, yeah, it has been fun since then
1: yeah it definitely has been fun. Um, and speaking of fun, we're going to dive into today our latest little adventure, if you will, which is um, an AV training we did. I guess you're done, radio. De- yeah, I'm done. <laughs> you're done talking. You've been cut off. I, I got my two minutes. <laughs> out. How'd you get the nickname, radio? Oh, good oh, question. All yeah. right.
3: So the short story is a bunch of us hung out together, and nobody really kind of knew each other's names, and so everybody got nicknames. And I was the guy working on radios and everybody's trucks, that's so really weird. I got the nickname Radio. A <laughs> little bit longer story is, we all kind of knew each other, and at that point, Super Troopers were really big in our group. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I got to be Radio, and then another guy was Ramrod, another guy was Unit Ninety One, and just kind of went full circle. And then nobody forgot about it. Oh my gosh! And I so I that's been those guys from the.
2: They were all in the DTX form way back. In yes. The day man that's
3: a blast from the past so yeah. and that was one of the other things that uh that group of guys we all started dtx uh, dodge trucks extremes for we don't of us do that now those but that don't know. yeah those who don't know is a bunch of dodge uh off-roaders who got together uh that loved the carly stuff the Thurin stuff and got together and just went out and mobbed in the desert
2: oh well, geez at that time it was core was still i think in the picture yep that was the carly, heyday Thurin, there was um lorenz lorenz um,
3: T Rex was done with at that point, but
2: yeah, and then uh, God, there was one other one, an American one.
3: Thurin? No, I can't remember who. Was
1: it all just SoCal stuff, or was it Arizona in that area? Or
3: is there? There were kind of little factions, if you will. So Arizona had a core group, SoCal had a core group, NorCal had a core group, and then we'd all get together a couple times a year and go, you know, go beat up the dunes and glam us Sweet. just like a big get-together just camaraderie and you know it's it's, it's kind of cool to see 100 dodge 2500s go mobbing down oh, yeah. sand highway <laughs> at 40 to 60 miles an hour just depending on how outfitted you were oh yeah it's pretty neat and back in that time I mean again we're talking 10 years ago nobody had ever seen anything like that you know sand buggies were still a thing sand rails you know UTVs hadn't really come out to the dunes yet so they're still they're still a forest. thing
2: Sandrails and and that evolution mm-hmm. and utvs have like taken over i think that segment just because the price point and the amount of fun that you get right out of the box oh yeah yeah but diesel trucks man yeah to watch those things then
3: you'd get goosebumps yeah guys <laughs> pulling in their 43 footers unhooking and then going out and charging <laughs> loads i mean it was just unheard of at the time now it's just kind of commonplace but man it's a load of fun
2: yeah oh totally and there is Something about the platform, especially the Dodge platform, that lends itself nicely to off-roading and high-speed and that big engine up front. If you get the spring rate and the valving right in those shocks, that weight really pushes that front end through all the whoops, and it makes it really smooth.
3: Yeah, I mean, compared to the other full sizes, they're the most bolt-on friendly, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the Jeep of the full-size world. Yeah. Um, but as you know, you've, you can push past that limit, and you've done a couple other exciting trucks. Yeah.
2: i've I've had some fun granted it's steered away from that high speed stuff more into the (laughs) rock crawling and high speed stuff is hard with that much weight Mm -hmm. like the amount of reinforcements you have to do to stuff to really get it to live is i don't think most people can really comprehend it but i mean for out of the box like literally bolt on take a weekend and throw suspension on yeah nothing will touch that carly for, hard to beat. for the high speed stuff i mean they got the valving dialed they got the spring rates dialed and it just it kills it, it it's incredible and it's the kind of thing that the moment you put it on you're like I, I totally know. understand why the price point was where it was mm. at
3: and it can still be your do-it-all vehicle yeah you can still go with the family you can still go tow go get some um, milk yeah the grocery store yeah i mean that's kind of the appeal to me is because at that point in time i was a single guy and so you're going out and about around town and just to go to work and do the business thing so it's kind of doing a lot of different things i needed to
2: don't want to go into that because now everybody's going to be like i don't want to get married because then i'm going to lose my truck well you know
3: sorry other <laughs> we love you <laughs> So ra- ra- <laughs>
1: radio here is that's what you'll know him as. If you ever reach out to us, he answers by radio. His emails, radio, um, and he's also our own in-house personal Curly expert. Answers questions mm-hmm. on both the off-road side oh, if, and the diesel side. So that's,
2: if you ever want cell coverage on a mountain in the middle of nowhere, yeah, that's your and dude the guy.
1: This is the nope. gadget guy. Yep. Yeah, we had a trip. Uh, real quick that we went to a fire lookout in montana Mm -hmm. we get to the top of this fire lookout and everyone's like i don't have cell service some people only had one bar
2: it was nice we were all like (laughs) hanging out by the campfire (laughs) like talking (laughs) doing what we're supposed to do radio's like hold on i got some bubble gum and (laughs) some tinfoil
1: we look back and he's monkeying up this fire lookout and next thing you know all of us are like i've got service i
2: just got a text message from my wife she found me yeah, <laughs>
3: pretty much. Yeah, no, uh, I I knew where we were going and I knew it was gonna be limited service. And at that point in time, um, my wife was pregnant and she was out of state, I was out of state, and it was the first time we've been apart since uh well, since we really known each other, and so she was a little nervous. I was like, All right, I'll build a cell repeater. <laughs> I'll just and build one. It, yeah, no big deal. <laughs> So I, I, <laughs> I, I, I whipped one up the, the weekend prior and took it up there and put this big O, you know, three foot Yagi antenna, bolted it to the side of the fire tower. And, what is you know.
2: a Yagi antenna?
3: Okay. So it is an antenna. It's about yay big. Um, the closest comparison is technical. You, yay big big. it could be whatever but a Yagi antenna example that would be like the old school TV antennas everybody had on the side of their house Mm -hmm. that had the big motors and rotors and turned it around so this was just a small bird your
2: your sibling hold it just right
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) wrap a little aluminum foil around the bunny ears and you're good to go
2: Um. for you millennials that don't know what I'm talking about when we only had three channels (laughs) on TV (laughs) you would have your sibling usually the youngest because you could boss them around hold the antenna just right so that
3: the picture would be good <laughs> right well we were up at about six thousand foot elevation maybe it was even a little higher yeah. um, i mean we could see canada from where we were we were way up there and uh i knew where cell tower location was about 75 miles away pointed it at it fired it up and uh yeah it was fun we were streaming youtube and which is awesome on top because of the mountain.
1: anytime we go anywhere with radio it's like down to the point of simple items. Does anybody have a sharpie? And he's just like, boom! Here you it's go. In his pocket. It's like, who's okay. got what color you go, do you a sharpie want? Right there. <laughs> Zip ties. You you name it. He's our gadget guy. He's always My hands fire. down the most prepared person in our group, um, which is rad. We're we're stoked to have you. Were you, you a here. Boy
3: Scout? I was. <clears throat>
1: Were you an Eagle Scout? I
3: was not. I, I yeah, I know. Uh, a couple buddies went further on than I did, but I lost interest in it before then. So Fair enough. I, f- I found out about girls, and yeah, that was it.
2: Right on. <laughs> and it killed the Boy Scouts. All of a sudden, you're like Girl Scouts. I'm
3: out. <laughs> oh, sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anywho, back so, to uh, back to uh, the fun. Huh? Yeah,
1: yeah. So we we had the opportunity. <clears throat> excuse me to. Uh, Go down to Florence, Oregon. It was actually me and our camera guy, Cam, um, which was rad because I've never been in that area. And if you get the chance to go, it is unbelievable.
3: How far is Florence from Portland?
1: Um, about Two. that far on a map.
3: Really? Oh, yeah. that, that's not very far about,
2: at all. About four four hours, I think it is. Okay. That's not bad.
1: That sounds about right. Um, and that's with traffic, which yeah, can be gnarly which, through Newburgh. Uh, coming <laughs> home, we coast. found out how <laughs> awesome that traffic was. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, but it was this really cool event that AV put on. It was like an AV training slash infield um, training tour type type thing. Um, Chris Wood put it on along with a lot of the other AV guys, and uh, so I was able to go down, which was awesome because, uh, like I've mentioned, I'm still kind of learning my ropes in the uh,
2: behind the wheel, if you will. What What was the whole uh, outline <laughs> for the event? Like, what was the purpose?
1: So, so it was. They kind of had two events going. The one I went to was specifically for the AEV Colorados because they just released their Bison. all their Bison mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and all of it fits on the ZR2 or the Z71. But they also, that same week, which is really cool, just released, I don't know if you guys have seen it, their turnkey ready 35-inch tire Bison. No um, so you can now go to the dealership, buy a ZR2 Bison ready to go with 35s on it. Um, so that was really cool. But anyways, this event was two days. The first day was kind of like, um, training it was all specific to sand dunes, which was awesome. Cause that's totally new to me. I didn't grow up around them. we don't have a lot of them here. Um, so the first probably half of the day was training, you know, winch techniques, recovery techniques, um, different driving techniques. If you get stuck on a hill climb, if you get sideways on a hill climb, um, all sorts of different cool stuff and specifically geared towards dunes. So we did that the first day. Then we went on this really rad tour kind of, of the Florence area. Um, A lot of us were new. There was tons of Colorado's there from all sorts of different driving levels and different size rigs. We had mule expedition was there and they're huge camper Colorado. Um, And then day two is kind of the same thing. Go out, have some fun in the dunes, learn some stuff. we got a lot of people stuck. So we got a live recovery situations. Um, but did you get stuck? Oh yeah. Multiple times. Oh good. (laughs) (laughs) Cooper's just like, (laughs) what kind of question is that? (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was a total blast. The the trip all in all was absolutely phenomenal. And, uh, I I took a lot back from it.
3: So was this open to the public or how how does somebody sign up for something like this?
1: It's really cool. Yeah. Totally open to the public. Um, free for them to show up. AV treated us to an awesome dinner at the end. They had this raffle. Um, it, it was an awesome, awesome event to go to. And going back to like the different levels of people's experience with driving, I think everybody had something to take away from it. Were um, you the noob? I, I wasn't the noob by any means. There's, <laughs> there's a guy there who did awesome. He had a little, uh, pretty much bone stock gasser, um, Colorado that he, he did not care. He went everywhere. He gave it the beans um, full Larry. He, he, yeah, uh, just Larry and Let's, oh, let's send it. Just go. Um, but it was really cool. One of the things I really enjoyed, which was a, a trippy experience for me. I don't know if you, either of you two have ever done this. Um, the second day we were there, we did, uh, we went over like the international hand signals for spotting. Um, that was one of the big things that they pushed was like, you know, being a good spotter is just as important as being a good driver. Can you right? model some of that for us? <laughs> so, I mean, even Cooper knows behind Cooper's got tons of experience behind the wheel, and I've been his spotter on one of my first massive wheeling trips. And I'm sure that was right into the (laughs) frame a very very big struggle for him. So, this it was better than Cameron (laughs) because he he could see, yeah, you could see it. (laughs) Um, But what was really trippy about this is they blindfolded the driver, so you're completely blindfolded, and then you have a passenger. And this sounds fun. <laughs> it was, it was really fun. It there was, was a waiver was, involved, right? It was really <laughs> awesome. And they set up these cones. And what you had to do was zigzag through these cones. Huh. You had a spotter and that mm. passenger would relay the information the spotter was doing to me driving.
3: So how many cones did you kill?
1: Uh, we didn't kill any. We what? made it through the whole course, but I will say this. When I was driving, I had Cameron as my spotter. And it felt like I was just doing circles in the sand. <laughs>
2: it didn't feel like I was going straight. It, you know what? It was bizarre. I'm not going to lie. I've seen the footage. When the video comes out, you were. I was. Mm-hmm. I was just you turning left. were just left going, going in circles.
1: <laughs> 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 um, so that was really cool. There's just so much to take away from that class. Um, and for me personally, being completely novice to the sand dunes um, I've had some time in like the x3 down in San hollow but that thing's like cheating right <laughs> on, it's, it's, on, it's on, on its side side <laughs> yeah, but that was on the rocks I never flipped it in the dunes right um, mm-hmm. that thing you just give it pow- mm-hmm. the skinny pedal and it'll just go anywhere but I hear um, excuses not solutions um, once I, well, it, it's cool that I mean once you get these big heavy trucks in the sand uh, everything changes right. and you think like oh yeah I can get up that no problem mm-hmm. and uh, oh no there there is' an earth
2: form to like Gear selection, high speed, totally. low, s- low speed, uh, as far as your TKs, throttle pedal, what gear, all that stuff. And 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 even, even for people that have wheeled a bunch, you get out with a new crowd, you're going to take something new away from it. You're going to take oh, a yeah. different perspective away from it. And I think that's kind of the fun of all of this, you know, getting out there and experiencing something different and just doing it. No matter what your skill level is, no mm-hmm. matter what you think of uh, how good you are behind the wheel or not good you are the thing is to just get out and do it
3: yeah the only way you can learn is by doing it out in the sand i mean you just can't read a book and be good at it oh totally you've got and to go by seal and you you were telling me that the, there were gas and diesel trucks out there
1: yeah and there's kind of a big difference between the two totally totally i was talking to even cooper about this too on my way home and there was this this huge it wasn't really a hill climb it was just a really long gradual grade mm-hmm and uh, we found, especially on the diesels, it was hands down way better power and drivability if you were just in manual and second or third gear shifting, depending on what situation we were in. Um, for some reason, those diesels, and you might have a little bit better explanation for it, it's but RPM. when I was in drive, a lot of those times, like when you get to the top of this hill climb, when you're just pedal to the floor, the whole thing just bogs down. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we kept it in manual, we were able to stay in that gear longer and keep keep through in that. And but
2: that, that's that's because you could keep it in the higher RPMs totally. without it. And in which case, in, in that, in sand in particular, seems to be a lot more wheel speed. Oh, Like that, high range, totally. you're not getting into low range, especially with something torquey like a diesel that doesn't have the R's to, really spin it it's just going to want to dig in and sit there
3: yeah well even just compounding lags because you've got turbo lag sure you've got an auto tranny so there's going to be a little bit of lag there compared to you know even manually shifting yeah you know, the throttle body's just on point with it so mm-hmm.
1: but yeah there was there was this hill that i was i think third in line and it, we're just oh yeah we got this and we made it 95 percent of the way and then just Whoa. so i backed out <clears throat> gasser went made it just fine another diesel went stuck I think there's six of us diesels there. Not a single one of us made it up that hill. When in Um, doubt, throttle out. Yeah. Um, But it it was a cool trip. Another thing that I I thought was awesome um, was I was able to see, uh, I think it was Mule got stuck in this, um, a Mule or or somebody else got stuck at this top of this hill. So they ran just a single winch line pole and they were able to kind of compare that to a double, or if you're running it to a snatch block, how much that wench is taking. Like mm. it was insane. Just the hearing the noise of that wench oh, yeah. working so hard versus using a snatch block and doing two lines was incredible.
2: Sure. Well, and, and just like it, it's, that's one of those, those situations that like you can actually see the difference in the physics of it all because yeah. of the speed change. Totally. Yeah. And it, it's like gearing in your vehicle. Exactly. I mean, just giving it mechanical advantage by making that wrap and letting it, Oh the funny funny thing is you get into like multiple different snatch blocks. Oh yeah. To really compound it. It's slower than heck, but like you can move a mountain. Totally.
1: They they did this one scenario, they didn't actually do it, but they kind of drew it out in the sand where you can actually rig your vehicle with snatch blocks. To when you're winching in, you're pulling the vehicle backwards. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you guys have seen it. You run a, a snatch block to the front, snatch block to the side, and then multiple in the rear. Well, there's where all your pulling power is in the rear, because every time you run a snatch block, you're doubling your pulling power.
2: Yeah. Well, and it also <clears throat> depends on how how are you anchoring things. Mm-hmm. Totally. Because you might not actually be pulling through the snatch block. Yeah. You might be pulling somewhere else and and trying to get that set up properly so you're actually putting the the work through the snatch block and not the winch
1: yeah yeah it was it was a really cool experience just seeing the and it's it's always fun too when you go out there and you're in this big heavy truck and everyone else is ripping around you in side by sides of motorcycles and Mm -hmm. they're looking like what are these guys doing here they're gonna get stuck everywhere but um i mean as long as you have the right gear and the right knowledge. I mean you can take any size truck you want. I mean Howie's a perfect example from wheeling in the rocks and people telling us constantly, you can't do that. You can't go in there. Um it it was cool just to see these massive trucks go through the sand that when you get out you sink to your ankles and Right. Um it's hard to walk.
3: Yeah. Now did you test any new gear out there?
1: Um new gear no, but we definitely put our existing gear through the ringer. (laughs) One thing I found out, I think my um my fridge freezer slide Needs a solid oiling because I'm pretty sure <laughs> every the amount piece of, sand. of sand that went in the bed of my truck is inside that slide now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Max tracks were a big one for us in the sand. Um, I think They're we are pretty s- good in the snow too. Yeah,
3: we haven't had much of that this year, though. <laughs> Have we?
1: we? We we tried that. Have we, Kyle? We tried that. I got stuck pretty good with Coop in the in our last snow trip, and we got we got the old big pumpkin out to saved the big dog yeah so so
3: the little jeep saved the big truck (laughs) well two liters of fury
1: or the 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 big jeep saved the little truck whichever way you want to look at it Um, i i
2: think i think his eyes were opened on that trip
1: that was an interesting one (laughs) yeah there was a cliff to our right it was a learning experience just like a lot of my trips are but um yeah they the av trip was rad it was cool have you guys been on over on the oregon coast much
3: a uh, couple times but not wheeling yeah i have a few times it's cool um, over there in the
2: sand and it is it is a lot of fun but i think i was i was excited to hear because av just came out with their new line of recovery gear and they have that kinetic holy smokes recovery strap
3: mm-hmm. and,
2: and having used a bower rope in the past and a voodoo rope <clears> and a few <throat> of the other kinetic style uh, recovery straps which sand is perfect for because you it likes speed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The kinetic stuff likes it when you, totally. you go faster. Yeah. Okay. It makes everything easier. And that way, the person doing the pulling, as long as you're committed to the pull, which is a really hard one to wrap your brain <laughs> mm-hmm. around. It's, it's weird to see, yeah. Because it doesn't it – doesn't, for those of you that don't know, on a kinetic rope, they don't just come taut real quick and then shock load everything. They stretch like a bungee cord.
3: It's like pulling back a rubber <clears> band <throat> and then –
2: so if you you keep the speed up, especially in something like sp- sand, yeah, the person doing the pulling is less likely to get stuck and bogged down. As long as you're doing it right, you yeah. don't do the short pulls; those you do bigger pulls. Like give yourself some slack and really hit it. But yep. Aev's new uh, kinetic strap, I'm I'm interested to see how that does. And I was hoping to hear. You messed with that some while you were there. We
1: didn't do any of the kinetic strap pulls. They did some demonstrations for it, but we did get our hands on all of their their recovery gear they brought out. Their their snatch blocks look awesome. And that, mm. I was just gonna say, down to the the little details that they put into these recovery gear is incredible. Their so snatch it block start
2: fraying any of the totally.
1: Rope. Not only is the snatch block for <clears> those of you that don't know what a snatch block is, it's essentially a pulley, um, and it's just got two swiveling sides. And so you can swivel it, put your winch line or rope in there and close it and then put some sort of shackle or soft shackle clevis on, on the, uh, snatch block. So not only are the sides smoothed and perfectly lined up, but the inside is smooth too. So whether you're holding it with your hand or you're running a synthetic rope line through it, there's no fraying. It's all a smooth surface. Um, everything stamped with their weight regulations and requirements. Um, yeah, it is all top quality. We didn't get it. We didn't get to spend a ton of time doing much recovery with those ropes. Um, most of it was winching or max tracks or stuff like that. But yeah, their their new recovery gear is legit. It's good stuff. How but was your recovery gear? My recovery gear was well, thankfully.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cooper, Cooper this is why one. you wheel with buddies.
2: Yeah, because buddies like radio,
1: radio and Cooper. Every time I leave. There's always something I don't have, and it's like, "Hey, Coop, yeah, uh, I need to borrow your uh, <laughs> recovery bag, or I need to, I need this. I can't find mine." Yeah, but it was, it was, it was good. It was a fun trip. So, well, I think
3: that's a wrap, boys. Yeah. With the AV trip, was it fun?
2: Oh, dude it looked like the weather was it epic was, i'm looking yeah, forward to the, the footage and stuff from that to come out for everyone to see
1: oh yeah the weather was from what i hear again it was my first trip
2: there but it wasn't raining yeah. which i hear is a first one well, they trip. were like
1: bring rain gear bring cold weather gear and i was like okay and oh man it was i could have been in shorts the whole weekend yeah nice clear skies we could see for days we got to go out to the ocean um everything went absolutely perfect no major Nobody rolled. Nobody broke anything. That's always a bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Not getting stuck
2: in good weather is great. Yeah. Oh, there wait. There never was mind. A, a you do get thing. stuck, Kyle. <laughs> there,
1: there, there was a weird thing before we ended. I will tell you. We're, we're driving down this dune, and we come around this corner, and it drops straight down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No one's there. No one's around. And there's a fairly new plane sitting in the middle of the dunes
3: like a Cessna or
1: like just a little bush plane? Yeah. Glider. Oh, weird little glider type plane in the middle of nowhere. Totally random. Hmm. nice. But then we saw this XJ <laughs> coming down this hill, I don't know, about an hour later with a huge airplane wing on top strapped on top of the XJ. What? We're like, what is this guy doing? The so dude just uh, like I, I don't know, out if, in the middle of the dunes. Yeah, I don't know if he was like flying and then he wasn't flying or like
2: were all the wings on out. the on the plane all that the we wings found were
1: on it too it was just it was just weird to see like this yeah. it was it wasn't like abandoned there it, right uh-huh. it was just random planes sitting they in the middle of the dunes i guess so they we're done nice yeah it was a cool trip though
3: right well, well sweet
1: thank you everybody for listening and um we do now have an email address so if you have questions you want more information on a specific topic um, you want more jokes out of Cooper? Whatever you want, all you got to do is email podcast at offroadpowerproducts.com. Um, once we kind of get a big group of your guys' questions, we'll have a Q&A episode where we answer all those. So um, make sure you email podcast at offroadpowerproducts.com for any
2: questions. Radio, thanks for, ha- thanks for coming, dude.
1: Thanks
3: for having me, man.
2: It's yeah. good fun. Right on. Oh, yeah. Many more of these to come. Oh, yeah. There will be lots of knowledge and non-knowledge imparted upon you (laughs) (laughs) thanks for watching everybody we'll see you next
1: time
3: guys